welcome back to the Final Corner podcast. We are going to be discussing this week the penultimate round of the British Touring Car Championship, which has maybe already been won, and a bit at the end of the Japanese Grand Prix. But there is a lot to discuss, especially in BTCC land. And to do so, we're joined by Nick. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And hello. Hello. Uh, pleasure to speak to you about motorsport. But we are not joined, sadly, by our usual host, all the way in Scotland. It's Colin. I believe he might be in Greece at the minute, taking a well-deserved break. Uh, but in a tribute, we're going to be firing up the bagpipes and eating shortbread throughout. <laughs> I do have my kilt on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, good. <laughs> um, we will not be sharing images to the Twitter accounts. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, let's just dive into the BTCC. And it is on the short version, the 1.64 mile version of Silverstone. I always forget if it's national or international. Which one is it? It's the national. The national. Uh, There was, in the COVID-affected 2020, there was going to be plans for the international, but that's never come to fruition. And speaking of which, the expected Rob Huff drive in Team Hard has not arrived either. But Bobby Thompson is back uh, oh, was back for this round and will be back for the final round as well, which is pleasing to see. Uh, yeah, uh, I just hope he is there for Brands because Huff was supposed to be there for these two, so we'll see if they actually keep him. But it was nice to see him back, and he, he did pretty well as well, considering he's had a few races out of the car. Uh, yes, he did. It was it was certainly not rusty, completely on form from the start. Mm-hmm. Minus fifteen points to start the weekend though for an engine change, not a good way. Yeah, uh, and he's admitting that he can't really win the independent. Uh, title, which he was in the running for against Josh mm. Cook. I know he was actually reasonably upset that he didn't get his old chassis back. Not upset in terms of, you know, he, he thought it was bad, but he would have liked to have had his the chassis he had been driv- driving up to that point. Because it was definitely the best of the Coopers. <laughs> yes, exactly. But obviously that's al- already been given to Greece. Yes, from the outside looking in. Um, and he had Barry Plowman working on the car again, and they've got a good combination. Mm-hmm. A rare interview on the starting grid for one of the races, wasn't there? It was, yeah, that was good to see, because you never usually hear from him. Yes, and he is, um, oh, the word is overused, but it's the only one in my head, a legend. I uh, think yes. that's what Louise used as well, but you know, he's been around, the, you know, he's a chip off the old block, and he always makes me very hungry at the sound of his name. Uh, there's also <laughs> uh, a new livery for Sam Osborne, the Valvoline, which I think him and Ollie Jackson ran, ran a Valvoline livery, was it at Brands Hatch last year? Uh, yes, they did, didn't they? It was just on the side of the yeah. the two cars of that side of the motorbase garage at the time. Yeah, now the, the, the talk was it's harking back to 1996, but and that was not a good year for Ford, terrible. Um, no. But I would also say in 1995 they had a Valvoline livery and they took two race wins for Radisic and Burt that year, so I would rather remember <laughs> 95. Uh, yes, it was nice to see that. It was quite a nice livery. It was, and I got a sponsored Instagram post to tell me about it so the Valvoline was clearly behind oh. it and spending some money to activate the sponsorship as people in marketing would say and you could win a signed signed Sam Osborne cap um, yeah good luck to whoever won that uh, fantastic <laughs> um, there's also talk of the Rydak tests which uh, this season more than ever has become talk of the town uh, mm-hmm. Especially when some of the duller races, Tim Harvey was hyping up and going, "Let's don't forget, there's still a ride height test to come." <laughs> yeah, this just down to when it rains, because um, yeah, when it rains, isn't it? And they have to put wets on; it affects the ride height, and, and vice versa when they have to put slicks on after yep. it's been raining. And I, th- I think basically they want to give a bit more leeway in those circumstances. Mm, yes. Uh, well, in my opinion, it's but... test the whole grid or don't test at all. <laughs> 
exactly yeah they even said that again this weekend where it's just unless you're in the top three it doesn't matter anyway yeah and it's just it makes you think that the cars at the back can just do what they want yeah who knows <laughs> the, the uh mm. Mikhail says been running minimum ride height all season and yet still <laughs> that's built yeah <laughs> no it might explain why his car doesn't turn it's on the on the floor <laughs> so uh so just going back to huff uh he was at silverstone to try and get 2024 drive which was reported in some of the media and uh, nick hamilton mm-hmm. was around did you see which pit garage he was hanging out in i didn't know i saw him on the grid that was as much as i saw yeah very brief interview on the grid wasn't it but he was mm-hmm. watching the races from in the napa racing slash motorbase crew which he does have history with it does and i did there was some article somewhere which i am apologies if i'm butchering this and i haven't got a chance to google it at the minute that suggested there might be a privateer team next year we've run in two of those extra focus this is his focus i okay next year so Ooh. i'm putting two and two together probably getting five but nick hamilton <laughs> in a focus next year bam yeah I, I i could see it happening um I, hopefully it would be a two-car team because if it's just an individual yeah. car for him, that's where things have always gone wrong for him in the past. Yes, that's very true. Uh, needs someone to bounce data off and compare against. Obviously, his different controls inside the vehicle, and it would be mm. good to have a teammate who doesn't have that, and then also the team can test if they're effective or not. Um, exactly. Really yeah. help. Uh, what we do know, though, is for next year that. Ronan Pearson will not be in a focus. He'll be back in a Hyundai. Hyundai, Hyundai. <laughs> a Hyundai. Yes, that's the the way I always pronounce it. I still pronounce it now, but it's Hyundai. Yes, I know it's not correct, but that's how I And they had done. TV on the walls like, oh, what do you think it was? Formula One? Yeah, I know that. That was a very impressive bit of kit, um, but totally unnecessary. <laughs> I love it all the same. You've got a bullet point here of uh, Nick has compiled some extremely useful notes here that Accelerate are looking to expand to six cars next year. Is that correct? Uh, I heard that somewhere. Um, I think it was during qualifying when they because they interviewed Pearson during right. qualifying as well. And I think it was a throwaway comment that Louise made after she interviewed him, saying that and also the team is looking to expand to up to Just six love cars that next out year. There, yeah, <laughs> offhand. Um, so, and the way things are going on the grid at the moment, we teams seemingly getting fewer and fewer i could see that happening. yes very much uh we mentioned it at the start of this year in our preview that is a year of consolidation and the macroeconomic mm-hmm. factors at the minute cannot be helping with uh inflation yeah. and also smes who are generally speaking the sort of companies that would sponsor some mid or rear end btc teams they're not sponsored by pepsi or doritos for example uh, yeah. uh, and those are the ones really struggling to export goods into europe at the minute as well uh, there's all these other factors going on that must be very difficult to find sponsors. But if it's or keep us this team that's small running sustainably, you know, I look, I look at um, for example, this is a very mm. big tangent, but um, one motorsport are they going to use those aged Hondas again next year? Or are they going to have to build something? Can they afford to build something? You know, or do they just buy a Focus or a Hyundai? It's a good question, and I, I, at this point in time, I'd have to say they'll probably be using the, the Civics mm. again. But they are certainly looking, I wouldn't say past it, but they're, they're definitely not at that sharp end with them anymore. No, and I, I would say the same is for the Toyota as well. And I don't know what they can do in terms of re-engineering there or uh, significant development on the off-season. Of course, yeah, the, t- 
the Toyota's a strange one because they have shown genuine pace at a couple of yes. events and been generally nowhere at the rest. Yeah, it's either on or off, isn't it? There's mm. no um, in between. And no luck this weekend. And final point of the news roundup um, is the brake lock, line lock button uh, is now for the rear wheels, not the front, which makes getting a front-wheel drive car yeah. potentially a little more nuanced, let's say, at the start. This is in response to Dan Camish's mm-hmm. crash at Donington. And apparently something for a Toyota earlier in the season. Or was it a Hyundai? I forget now. Yes, I believe there was Collard, yes. I think, as well. Somewhere along the line had a, a similar problem to Camish. If in doubt, Collard. Yeah, and on, much, and on that note, on to qualifying, which was the regular format plus the top 10 shootout, let's say. Uh, mm-hmm. Showdown, I should say. But this track is normally one... Well, it's got four corners, mainly. I know you could argue a bit more. <laughs> so, uh, only two major braking zones. So, the field is compact. So, what happened in qualifying? Um, some cars went round, and they recorded the times. Uh, but no, it was a very exciting and interesting qualifying session to the point where so much was going on that I can't remember specifics of it. Right. But it was so close that any sort of uh, slight improvement by anyone was moving them up from down the bottom all the way up to the top. And the main qualifying session finished with the top 10 separated by just over a tenth of a second. Um, in, f- in fact, the top 15 was pretty much a quarter of a second. Uh, it was mad. Um, that that has to be one of the closest ever, if not the, but if we don't have the stats at hand to claim otherwise. Yeah. But it was also the variety of cars and teams that were up there. It's, there wasn't like a dominant team, it looked like. Um, they're all over the place in terms of the, the manufacturers and the, the cars. That's um, correct. You've got, uh, in the before the showdown happened, you've got a BMW, an Astra, a Hyundai, Hyundai another BMW, another... Uh, Another Astro, actually. Then mm. a Focus, then a Toyota, then a Focus, then a Hyundai, then a Focus. In yeah. fact, it's only the Civic and Coopers that seem to be letting the side down. It, it is, yeah. Um, so it was good to see it that close. And also a big shout out to someone who I've been very critical of, was Sam Osborne. Yes. Uh, fastest Focus in the first part of qualifying. Maybe he needs the uh, limited edition livery more often. I think so, yeah. Does it, it give uh, extra speed? It, it must do. That. Valvoline sponsorship he's <laughs> done wonders for him but yeah without trying to be too harsh on him he's been nowhere most of the year in terms of qualifying pace yeah no, um, that's correct I don't think that's harsh at all I think that's accurate I believe his highest qualifying I believe they said it was 16th so far this year yeah not ideal and he put it in 6th for the first part to get into the top 10 uh, we also had the situation where Ash Sutton was on the bubble he was sitting 10th I don't like that phrase, it just makes it sound like crofty, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> so at the last lap for Dan Robottom, he was looking to go quicker than that, and the team asked him not to, to keep Sutton in, which is a bit harsh on Dan. It reminds me of Valtteri Bottas, sorry to cut you off there. No, that's okay. Uh, was it in Zandvoort on the final lap, and he was told not to get the fastest lap, but he did it anyway. Uh, yes. Uh, in this scenario, Robottom backed off. He did, and it, it's harsh on him, but... It's a team game. It makes much more sense for the team to have Sutton in there. Yeah, it certainly does. I thought uh, Chilton being in the 10 at least, finally the, there could have been a faint hope of him helping his team out, but as we'll discuss later this weekend, that didn't really yeah. come to anything. At one point, he was purple in the first sector, purple in the second sector, and then got blocked in the last sector. Ah. And then he never seemed to go that quick again for the rest of it. 
Ah, uh, unfortunate. But he's considered um, a specialist around Silverstone, apparently. According to who? Um, himself. <laughs> no, and Tim Harvey. Hmm. Well, we'll have to go fact check that for another time. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I agree with that. But I think he might have... Ooh, this is a fact that's dangerous. I'm going to throw it out there with a giant <laughs> asterisk. He might have taken his first BTCC win at Silverstone. It's um, Yeah, at a little Civic. I would also say Dan Kamish in eighth, not bad, because he's using a different chassis this weekend, I believe. He is, yeah. He's using an old Ollie Jackson one. Oh, I didn't realise that bit. I just knew it wasn't yep. the original one that was uh, damaged at Donington, which apparently they are I going to so. repair. It's just they're not rushing it back for the this race. Yeah, my understanding is, and what we what, what they've done to it, I don't know, but there's some tweaks on the new builds versus the old builds. Uh, ah. Hence the reason of not wanting to continue with this one and mm-hmm. still wanting to rebuild the broken one. That um, would make sense. It would make sense, wouldn't it? Because otherwise, why wouldn't you just use this one? This new old stock. Right, so <laughs> then on to the showdown. And also, actually, before then, do you want to quickly touch upon track limits? I think that was pretty difficult to keep tabs on wasn't it? it well it was yeah there was a lot of um laps that were uh, were deleted for going over track limits um it, they seem to be particularly harsh but at the same time this is a track where you can just run wide and keep the yeah. advantage so I, I can understand that but there was and unfortunately i didn't keep track of it but there was several black flags handed out in qualifying where um cars were just told to come in the pits and could no longer take part um their laps up to that point would stand but uh, I know Collard was one of them, and I believe one of the Coopers, I think, but I, I can't remember mm. now. Okay, well, we'll just go with Collard for now. Mm-hmm. It's still unprecedented in this season so far, I think. It is, yeah. Uh, in fact, I've, I don't remember ever seeing a black flag in qualifying. I'm sure it's happened, I just don't mm. remember it. Yeah. Um, so, on to the showdown, and, mm-hmm. well, it's our first uh, double watch section. Indeed. Um Really, I just wanted to do the whole qualifying section. It's just one line. Doble got pole. It, unbelievable. Yeah. Extraordinary. Uh, but bravo. Yeah. Um, and he, he looked good all session as well. Um, well, he made it into the 10, first of all. Yeah. I mean, what did he, he, he was fifth, fifth in that. Yeah, so it's not like he scraped in either. No, and his pole time was still quicker than Jake Hill's fastest time from the first part of qualifying. Wow. That's a good fact. Uh, yeah, so it was really good performance from him. Uh, once again, it was very close in the top ten. Um, mm. The whole lot separated by just under three tenths, with the exception of Sam Osborne, who didn't actually set a representative lap. They were all deleted. Yeah, was that a technical issue, or do you think that was uh... Uh, track limits? Oh, it was track limits. Yes. Oh, of course, because he only had the time. Yeah, the only time that he actually got was, I think, his first um, lap around when he was still warming up the tires and everything. Right, Everyone right, after right, that right. was deleted, or he didn't set a time. Interesting. And I suppose final point from qualifying: um, your championship contenders Ingram outqualified Sutton, mm-hmm. and so did Jake Hill. Yeah, but Sutton raised his game from squeaking into the top ten. And he actually finished fifth. Uh, Hill was fourth, and Ingram third. Yeah, and it was once again a very good performance from those three because they had very limited hybrid which all the drivers and teams were saying at this track makes quite a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Turkiton was in second, but really it's all about double A, double, double. Oh, yes. It, it was Pulling it out brilliant. with the aged 
power max Astra. And uh, it was clearly the adrenaline was still pumping in the post uh, session <laughs> interview. It was. I'm not sure. It was like a rabbit in the headlights, but that's in a good way, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Incredible. You know, it was brilliant to see. Um, obviously, we've been following him just because yeah. he's our pick of the season of the rookies. Um, but it, it's brilliant. Um, I can't really think of anyone else who has just come in and done that without some kind of extenuating circumstance. You know, he was fastest yeah. on pace. There wasn't a rain shower. There wasn't a red flag that stopped it all. He beat all of them. I don't mean this is in a negative way, but the one that springs to mind for me is Jeff Smith. Mm. Uh, but his pole position at Brands, there was some damp sections during the session, mm-hmm. uh, but it was still really like a wow, surprising lap. And I think Dan Lloyd came in once, didn't he? Out of nowhere. Mm. I think his debut was actually in a S2000 Vector with a turbo engine. But when he actually first did his first NGTC race, he might have put it on the front row, maybe. Uh, and, I think you're right, actually, yeah. Yeah, that's that's more analogous here. Although this is pole position, so it wouldn't step further. And if Dan got pole in that session, apologies. Um, but he certainly didn't win that race. Uh, and neither did Double. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate. But just before we go on to that, I'm just going to have a quick swig of Iron Brew. <laughs> so, it's another race this season where we don't know if it's going to be wet or dry. Turns out, it's going to be both. Yes. Um, it, it seems like nobody made the right decision on this one, no matter what they chose. No. <laughs> um, well, what we do know is a couple of drivers made the worst decision you could make. Yes. But yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a very strange one, wasn't it? Where like, literally nobody knew what tyres to put on into the the very last second, to the point where the graphics at the start of the race, which usually tell you which tyre everyone was on, they just didn't bother. No, and I, I, I'm fine with that in a way, because oh, yeah. it was very confusing. So it is dry when they're on the sighting lap. Uh, they mm-hmm. do all the driver interviews and the VIP grid walks, and Louise does the interviews, and then it does start to rain. Uh, there's a bit at this point where there's an interview with Ash Sutton, and he's basically like, nah, sorry, I need to talk on the radio, because... He said something like, <laughs> yeah. all we need to do is copy Ingram. Mm-hmm. So he copies Ingram, and they're both on the slicks. Whereas Jake Hill puts on the wets. Yeah. And he starts from position four on the grid. Uh, then the race, the formation lap starts. Uh, some people come into the pits. Mm-hmm. One of which, the leading one of which, is Dan Lloyd, I believe. And he goes from the slicks to the wets. So it's after they've been stood on the grid, but once they've rolled. Mm-hmm. So while everyone's on the grid... The lights are counting down. He's in the pit lane from 21st position on the grid, I believe. Yeah, it was quite quite far far down. down. Yeah. Uh, But unfortunately, Mikey Doble pulls it to first pole position. Uh, Either it's the nerves get the better of him, someone doesn't read the rules correctly, the team information's radioed wrong, or there's a radio error. So whatever. He does two Hmm. formation laps. Yikes. Which, in the commentary, probably from the commentary, we, we we can only ascertain that there apparently there was talk about two formation laps before the race, but then it was decided, mm-hmm. no, we'll just do one. I think normally at Brands Indy you do two. And um, knock hill, isn't it? But um, Especially hill, in yeah. wet conditions, and I think that's where the confusion comes from. When it's a wet race, they often give them an extra lap to yeah. warm up. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a bad thing to happen to him, and I I don't know if it was his choice. He was told to go around, but in really, it doesn't matter. I was just so disappointed. I really wanted to see what he could do from the front. Yeah, it was ignominious, wasn't it? It, it was really like just oh, soul crushing. It was just so disappointing because you just want mm-hmm. to at least have the chance to to fight from the front. 
And yeah. what was what was challenging was when the cars on the grid, he's not on pole position. And you're like, so is he in the pit lane then? Because the camera didn't follow the pole position. Yeah, no, no. I was thinking, oh, he must have pitted. That's brave. And then the camera yes. cuts to him driving around the track, and you're like, ah. Uh. Why? What's going on here? Yeah, why? Um, and I was um, hoping they would just let him take his spot at the front, but I knew that they wouldn't. You can't do it at no. that point. But they didn't well, even let him join the grid, did they? This is the extra contentious part for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the race just started, <laughs> yeah. and he's not even stopped. He's still rolling yeah, I mean, at the back of the grid. He's in position at the back, but he's not taken his spot. If you know no, I mean. he's not on the grid spot, mm. so that is a full start for me. Yeah, we'll touch back later because he's made the mistake, but then he's not—he's not on—he's not in a grid spot. Mm-hmm. Even the medical car, I noticed, was pulling over to the side to get out of his way yes. because it had stopped in front of where he was going to be. Yeah, I saw that as well because the medical car's already lined up and he had to move left, didn't it? So that's yeah. out of position. Mm-hmm. For me, oh, it's really difficult because it's a marginal call because the things have already started and then it's not clear what's happened. Mm. In, in, in hindsight, in an ideal world, this is not a criticism because it's an impossible situation. You probably cancel the start and go. Everybody has to do another lap again, and he starts from the back. Um, yeah. But as it was, we just began. Yeah, and I think <laughs> the weather no gave a, a different perspective as well, didn't it? Because they wanted to get it over with in case the weather got worse. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm. I think what they did was probably the right thing to do, and I don't. I'm not being critical of that. I just think ideal mm. world. It's like Giancarlo Fisichella getting the grid spot wrong in Malaysia. You know, you, you pause it all and you go again. But in that scenario, he's in the middle of the pack and it's obvious. Here, yeah. the cameras have not followed him round. We don't really know what's going on. So, in a way, good foresight for him to just keep it pinned at the start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's on six, but right at the back of the pack now. Mm. Dead last. Well, apart from the people in the pits. And most people, apart from Hill, who get who slowly moves to the front, are uh, on wets. Uh, but there is a contraton that wipes out Turkington. Yes, I, I can't remember what actually caused it, but yeah, he was uh, totally out of the race at that point. Yeah, there's contact from Josh Cook, but it from the onboard that taps him into a half spin, and he spears off mm. left and clobbers another car. Um, but the contact from Cook, based purely on audio from the onboard, it sounds like he's, oh, yes. he's been biffed right. as well. Yeah, yeah, it was at Brooklyn's, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yes, and in that circumstance as well, where you've got several cars on wet, several on dries, all going at different speeds... Things like that are going to happen, sadly, which was unfortunate for him. It, well, yeah, and he was out of the race there. Um, another retirement. Actually, at Knock Hill, a rare thing, he smashed into the wall, was it, with contact with uh, Kamish, and mm. he was retired. You don't see Turkington retire too many times. Um, obviously, no. not his doing in any way, but that's just how it was. Um, He's usually very pointy, isn't he? So what I was just had to get in there to annoy you. Yeah, what was the other one that was added today, uh, this weekend? Oh, God. There were some other parlance for Tom Wingram. Pointsy and r- racy and whimsy. Whimsy's a new uh, one. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Addison used it, but I don't know if he was being sarcastic. Probably. When he's falling back in the in the wet conditions, which we'll touch upon now, uh, he says he's not going to be very whimsy today, but he might be pointsy, something like this. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I hope, David, you're doing it just for our frustration uh, anyway I, I think so yeah so they're going as they're going along Ingram's doing a noble job on dry tyres they're so certain but they are dropping back so we have the unlikely sight on uh, you know in race conditions where Watson and Osborne both overtake him uh, yeah uh, which was good for both of them where they got away quickly on the wets um, 
and Robottom's following through as well. Yes, yeah. Um, now, Ingram's trying to hold on, but in my opinion, there's contact with Daryl De Leon. Is that who it was? Yeah. I was trying to work out because it's not clear from the onboard footage that we see of Ingram. You just see him spinning. No. But it's it's how far off he goes and the angle makes yeah. me assume he was assisted. Yeah. Here's my version of events. And uh, Tom Ingram or Darren De Leon can uh, call us up, I was going to say. Uh, use X to tweet at Final Corner Pod to say if we're wrong or right. Uh, but it's coming to Maggots. Which is a slight left kink into a breaking zone for the for the long tight right. Mm. Uh, Daryl De Leon is behind him on wets. Ingram is on slicks. The track is getting wetter. Um, De Leon has a run through cops. Um, I think that's from the exterior camera. You can see it, but then it cuts away. On the onboard, unfortunately, you can't see even in the mirrors. But it looks like Ingram mm. runs wide. He's on the defensive line, so this, the Cooper must be on his left. It looks like he runs wide of the apex a bit and does have a wiggle himself. And in the process of that, he suddenly goes 90 degrees left, which suggests to me that mm-hmm. the, his rear left and the front right of the Cooper have made contact and that speared him off. So he's facing the wrong way and keeps going. But that... He could have finished top five, actually, maybe, without that. Oh, no, but then he changed tyres anyway, so not. But anyway, uh, yeah. the, the net result is Ingram's facing the wrong way, but... He's got a damaged rear left rear corner of the car. Visual, uh, the bumpers hanging down. Should that be in a meatball mm-hmm. flag? And then Dow De Leon <laughs> uh, has lost his front right headlight. Ah, uh, see, I didn't notice that. And damaged. I only saw yeah. that Camish uh, had a bit of front damage, and I wondered if it was him. But well, Kamish it could have been Camish as well. Dead on the center. It didn't look like it looked like he right. jumped into the back of someone rather than tapping the side. Yeah, that's my theory. Dow De Leon's front right corner is damaged. Ingram's front. Rear left is damaged, and they were together on the track before it cut to some other angle. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. So, yeah, we shall uh, attribute the blame to Dillion, Dillion, Dillion. <laughs> yes, that's it. Uh, but also, Engram was running wide a bit, so... Oh, yeah, when I say blame, I don't mean anything yes. bad. Uh, we're just saying he was involved in the conspiracy. <laughs> uh, so, uh, is moving up as well. Uh, you're right, Kamish has got some front damage. Um, so on the fourth lap, crucial championship thing, going back to what Sutton said on the grid, we just need to do what Ingram does. They both pit for wets. Mm-hmm. This was a mistake. But we'll move on. Yes, I, I thought Kamish pitted for wets as well, but I think he actually was just retiring at that point. Yes, I think. He didn't come back out. No, Kamish retired. It was said later on in the broadcast what it was, but I have forgotten. So they go a lap down as well because it's such a short lap and BTCC teams and cars are not set up for fast pit stops, which is a good thing to save money and everything. Um, yeah. But it takes a while, especially if you have to do all four four wheels. Oh, yeah, that's very true. So we've got Ingram a lap down and then he gets involved in stuff and it kind of annoys me. I don't know about you. But there's a great battle for... Is it fourth or fifth? Fifth you've got here. It's yes. Adam Morgan, Sam Osborne and Bobby T on his return. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we don't do nicknames. Bobby Thompson. And um, it's like on a car podcast where they start talking in bloody Porsche 911 model codes. So, oh, stop <laughs> it. So they're having a, a genuine battle for fifth that I find fascinating. And all we're doing mm-hmm. is talking about Ingram. Yeah, he's maybe. trying to unlap himself. Yeah, I get it. It's a championship, but he's not going to get any points from this race. He can't unlap the leader too far ahead, which is, by the way, his hill at this point completely disappeared and vanished. 
Mm-hmm. And they've got four people scrapping for fifth who don't normally, which is a shame for Adam Morgan this season. Um, and they're biffing each other. You know, they're taking chunks out of each other. Um, all we're doing is watching Ingram. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it was uh, a, a coming together between Morgan and Osborne, I think it was, that put Morgan out of the way and then it Ingram was. past them both. But like you say, it's hard to know what to do in that situation because, yeah, you don't want to see someone involved who's not actually involved for that position. No, Ingram could have easily been involved in an incident there. Yeah. But at the same time, he's trying to fight for a championship and as further up he can get. And yeah. if there's a safety car, all this sort of thing. But Nothing to lose. Well, as we I saw do agree with you there. Uh, at Knock Hill with some of the safety cars. Um, was it Knock Hill? Yes. Uh, you might get your lap back or you might not. Who knows? We don't know the rules. Yes. <laughs> Which I thought was a shambles. Um, <laughs> okay, so then we've got Josh Cook doing one of his rather ambitious moves, which we'll touch upon later on, uh, on Aaron Taylor-Smith. Now, these, these are the... Are they the lead slick runners at this point? Honestly, I don't remember. I, I'm not even sure who was on which tyre by the end. <laughs> but I think they were definitely there or thereabouts, because I seem to remember Butcher being one of the highest... Yes, Butcher, Cook on are on the slicks, and they're, for the mm-hmm. most part, and I think Taylor-Smith is as well, they're going through... And they are, they're falling back, but then they are, by the halfway point of the race, fighting back through again because the track is drying out a bit, mm. slightly. Oh, the rain's not that heavy, but then they're also getting temperature in the tyres by this point. Yeah. And there's a crossover point. So they're all fighting for the top slicks while it's slippy and wet, but, and they're falling down to like the lower reaches of out, you know, like 12, 13, 15th, I think, at one point. Um, so it's, fun to watch them in a way because then they're also having their own inter-Nissan battle for the, that compound of tyre uh, mm-hmm. and then they start rising up and I'm pretty sure Aaron Taylor Smith because he set the fastest lap of this race which took the point away from Ingram yeah. so he must have been on slicks um, so but in the end it's Butcher that's the first slick runner uh, I believe in sixth we're jumping around a bit here we're sort of skipping towards the end because <laughs> there's a big period of nothing much in this race oh uh, uh, yeah unfortunately yeah you know, Moffat goes off at Brooklyn's, but you don't really see why or how. Um, it's mainly all about Taylor Smith, Cook, and Butcher trying to rise back through the ranks again once the top, the slick tyres are coming on strong. Yeah, and it did look like they were going to make more progress than they did, but it didn't quite dry out enough. If there was like five more laps in this race, it would have been very interesting. Yeah, um, I also I just think the gap was too was too large then to those on wets. I mean. Mm. All through the race, Bobby Thompson looks like he's chewing up tyres. Um, oh, yeah. But it's just, the gap's too big. Uh, they've lost too much time uh, early on of the slick runners. Um, and to be fair, Butcher post-race was asked the question, was that the right tyre to be on? And he sort of went, oh, I don't know. The, yeah, the right choice, the really, is wets from the start. Yes, I think so. For the overall race, wets at the start was the way to go. Um, that is the top five the position. to do it. Um, whereas you look at some of the other people like Osborne who were on wets who dropped down dropped down yep um, but was he a sacrificial lamb at one point to let Robottom pass we're not sure but probably to be fair well that's not for championship points is it really that so anyway no, it was, it's it, for the, the team's championship yeah true I mean it didn't seem like a kid had been stuck a fuffle did it it was quite easy <laughs> no although I suppose what they do want to do is take more points off of Hill and Ingram yes um, probably that's the best thing to do yeah I have to say though that um, I thought Doble did very well to come back 
from his start disappointment because he could easily have been so annoyed with that that he just took someone out or did something stupid and he actually managed to get all the way up to 11th by the end of this I mean yeah the red mist could have descended when it was wet that's for sure mm-hmm. uh, but 11th place is you have to say it's a great result for him but it, it could yeah. have been well if, yeah. if he wasn't on the wets at the start so the best he could have been would have been 5th to 6th yes so there yeah, we go it's, it's just so it's that, I just want to know what would have been I know <laughs> Uh, Daryl De Leon, who's running high up uh, early on, does drop back, but he's still fifteenth, so that's in the points. Mm. And Daniel Lloyd, the first of the those who pitted on the formation lap in tenth, also good from twenty-first on the grid. So that could have also been a viable uh, approach. Yeah, Jade Edwards, yeah, one point outside of the one position outside the points after running the points well. That was a bit frustrating. Yeah, basically the the main strategy was don't pit during the race. Yes, it's too short a track, and uh, unfortunately, yeah. uh, even if there's a safety car, you lose a lap pitting. Mm-hmm. So you, you're just going to lose those lose. So uh, Ingram was 22nd, Sutton uh, 23rd, Ronan Pearson 24th, and Halstead 25th. I'm not sure what happened to Halstead, but certainly uh, Ingram and Sutton pitted during green flag conditions, and they got z- nil point for that one. Indeed. Uh, and oh, Jake Hill, by the way, we should say absolutely dominates. Mm. Uh, but the gap's only five seconds at the end, but I'm sure it's controlled to row bottom. And uh, Andrew Watson, another fantastic result in the wet, mm. dry conditions, third place. So Power Max at least got a podium out of this, just not from the driver they might have expected. And the win is dedicated to Dan Kirby, who was the boss or lead or pioneer of trade price cars, who owned teams, sponsored teams, sponsored drivers. In British touring cars and TCR over years, uh, a shock uh, passing away there, so we send our regards. And I believe Hill might have taken his first British touring car win while driving for his team. Uh, quite possibly. I know that he was a, a big part of uh, Hill and several other drivers on the grid getting to where they are now. Um, I must admit, I don't know a great deal about Dan Kirby, but I know from what I've read that he was well respected and well loved by many of the grid. I, I believe, well, certainly in 2019, he drove for Trade Price Racing, mm-hmm. in which was the team name, in the Audi A3. And I think he took yeah. uh, two wins that year, one of which was revoked <laughs> at Old Park for oh. maybe wiping out Matt Neal. Um, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, so, yes, while driving for Dan's team, he took a win. So that must have been, that was very touching. And we send our regards to everybody. Mm-hmm. All right. Race two, we're taking this is taking a long amount of time, and uh, I need to stop at some point to make some haggis. But uh, <laughs> but, but <laughs> we should go on to race two immediately if that's okay, even though because we've mm. done double watch in a way because you've already covered we finished P11, right? So, race two starting positions are the race results of race one, which means Sutton and Ingram are far down the back along with Turgerton. And they're not going to make any progress or get any points, right? Exactly, yeah. We're not going to even see them on the uh, commentary or on the pictures. They'll just be unheard of. Yeah, and especially on the opening lap when uh, Jack Brutel does his level best to uh, (laughs) murder Ingram. He does a very, very good Danny Kvyat impression. (laughs) Oh, man, all the references are coming out this evening. (laughs) 
that was I'm assuming he, he missed his breaking point because it did look like he was aiming to completely wipe out Patterson bless who he, well, he's actually his teammate <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, of course. Yeah, I always get Patterson <laughs> and Pearson mixed up. Two Scots with P, uh, letter P starting surnames. But yes, you're right. He, 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 but Ingram was just behind the Cooper, and that could have gone yeah. very, very wrong. He was still impeded quite a lot, pushed off mm. the track, and uh, was basically off the leaderboard at the side of Brooklands, wasn't he, for a while? Yeah. Um, so fortuitous, but also not. Um, we should talk about the start. Uh, I don't know. Hill goes off again. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, yeah. yeah. It was just robots and went backwards, pretty much, and yeah, Hill went forwards. Um, so it's all kicking off because I suppose one good thing about this race was you had your championship leaders all with their onboard cameras fighting through the mm-hmm. field, but it meant that Brutel incident meant that uh, Ingram was behind Sutton for the first lap. Uh, yeah. I think he was ahead. Was he going into that corner? Maybe. Um, uh, yes, I think that's how Sutton got through. Yeah, um, because Sutton was more on the inside. So there's already three or four cars between them at that point. Um, and I should also mention, yeah, I think you, to just to add credence to the Brittel missing his braking point, or it might have been called tyres or called brakes or called brain, uh, if you look at that replay to the left, Stephen Jelly's basically doing the same, but d- fortunately doesn't hit anyone mm. because Brittel's wiped everybody out. But he's definitely <laughs> yes, going in hot, the road. misses Apex and the <laughs> wheels are locked. Do you think, oh my God, it could have been far worse. Anyway. Um, oh, interesting of note, Darrell Leon's getting a 10 second penalty for a false start. We'll come back to that later on. Uh, yes. Uh, but anyway, we were just basically watching a load of side by side action, aren't we? Through the back of the pack. Yeah, there was a lot of it. Um, the funniest bit I thought was when Robot got sideways, I think on his own. He was surrounded by cars, um, but it looked like he just had a cold tyre and he then absolutely floors the car. Yeah. Um, massive cloud of smoke. Gets it all straightened up. It was well held, but it does drop him down to 13th at that point. For me, I can't, uh, there might have been a slight bobble, because it's three wide, and there might have been a slight rub, mm. rub under braking, which sort of just put him off a little bit. But it does kind of seem like he like he dropped it. Maybe it's 50-50. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me either way. But it, I just I love watching it when they get these front-wheel drive oh, cars yeah. sideways like that. It just reminds me of James Thompson. Very good at bringing a cup car back from that position yeah it, oh well now you've opened the archives uh, <laughs> it reminds me of James Kate Brantach it might have been 2004 in the Civic and there used to be just a clip of that on YouTube but it was called something like how to save a front wheel drive car but it's not there mm. anymore uh, oh, of course yeah because it's not by Duke Media no it's not by Duke Media so but it, uh, he lit it up the smoke was insane um, but I would I think I might mention this before oh we should stop I'll mention this very briefly uh, but I believe in in the BTCCC. I'm not saying he invented the um, add an extra C on there, the technique that Patrick <laughs> Watts was sort of the master of flooring the throttle yes. and bringing the front round, and then everybody sort of learnt that and copied him. Um, and there is an excellent Patrick Watts podcast with extremely bad language about his time in BTCC. If you search around on Spotify or your favourite podcast app, so I do recommend listening to that. And uh, we might put and- a link in the description. We might not. Anyway. I was just going to say, all these references that um, Colin won't understand, uh, it's, it's good to drop them in for him. Yes, it's uh, a wonder, It's one of the best BTC interview um, podcast episodes you'll ever listen to. It's Stories from Super Touring. Give it a check out. Although we very much on this podcast talk about the present day and back to that uh, on Race 2, 
yeah, it was more sitting, overtaking people, England trying to make the moves, right? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, until they get all the way up to um, Aidan Moffat is the first one. Oh, dear. Now, this is throwing us back to 2015 and Andy Jordan, who got absolutely lynched for doing this at yep. the season finale, and perhaps rightly so. Uh, but Aidan Moffat slaps on the indicator <laughs> and lets uh, Ash Sutton through, uh, you know, might as well put the window down, giving a wave. Uh, as well, because it was rather obvious, and I don't really understand. No, um, I mean the saving grace of it was that um, slightly later on in the race, he does the same thing for Ingram. So at least he's being fair to the championship contenders. But for me, it's yeah, you, you shouldn't be doing that. When it's not even a championship deciding no. race, even oh, though you should I agree, be doing but, um, it anyway. I'm saying at least um, he kept it fair. He wasn't. I'm not saying that one person is more deserving of it than another. But yeah, it shouldn't be happening at this stage. Well, to be fair, I don't think it should ever be happening. You you want to see an overtake in a battle, and it shouldn't be easy. And it may it gave a sense of well, are other drivers doing it in less obvious way? And is that why they've risen up? I don't want to take anything away from. Whenever someone ever ever says <laughs> yes, that expression, it true. means they are taking something away. So I'm going to take a little bit away from Sutton and Ingram. Um, it's like when someone says, "To be honest," anyway, um, because. Mm-hmm. There were some easy passes. The only one that was obvious because the indicators was Aidan Moffat. Uh, but there could have been some others for all we know. It just makes you think about that. And then it makes you think, oh, well, did I actually watch a great race? Or I'm not suggesting for a minute it's rigged. But oh, no. Uh, there, are some agen- there are some agendas going on. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm, so. I'm not sure I'm down with that. Um, uh, the last time I remember this was the... the um, I'm going to say now 2015, but I'm not sure. The, when everyone let Shedden past because yeah. they didn't want Plato to win the title. Um, that is a slightly different thing but here I fully understand that you don't want to get involved in a championship battle but you fight it and then it gets to that point where he's going to come through just let him go but yeah don't just move out the way and say off you go we just don't want to be in a scenario ever where this is what I know the DTM still exists but it killed the DTM in a way where mm. you, this was that was different but you only had two or three car manufacturers each entering eight cars. Now, mm-hmm. actually, that kind of reminds me of what was suggested at the start of this podcast for next year, where there might be six Focus and six Hyundais yeah. on the grid. And after three rounds, it's decided, okay, they're leading, they're going to win the championship. And then everybody else fights for that driver and lets them through in every way. And that, that ruined many seasons of DTM, in my opinion. And it just mm-hmm. had a flash of that with the rumours going on for next year and this. So let's hope this is an example of what not to do, and we don't mm-hmm. see it again. Adam Moffat was quite funny on social media about it. He uh, quote tweeted, uh, quote X, whatever you say, on um, Ashley Sutton saying, Hey, mate, I'm booked in for an MOT tomorrow. Any chance you could let me know if my indicators are working? Yeah. Uh, someone then was like, Can't believe you did that. You're supposed to be racing. And he said, I hope you're okay in this difficult time. Please, <laughs> yes. Please know I'm here for you. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. No, I just, yeah. It's not something I like to see. I'm, I don't think it was done for any you know bad reasons but it's just not what we want to see it just when it's so obvious mm. at least obfuscate it a bit when it's so obvious uh i don't know it just take it takes the wind out of your sails as a fan watching it i felt yeah oh uh, we should mention that the meatball flag is used not for people damaged in race one but it is using this one for bobby thompson Yes, I mean to be fair, his window is hanging out, so I, yes. I can kind of understand it. But it was hanging the, out because of Josh Cook. Yes, let's talk about that. Because uh, yeah, the first 
it was just before the Sutton and Moffat incident, actually, but um, Cook goes in at Brooklyn's. He pushes Thompson wide, makes him slide. And to be fair to Josh Cook as well, he, he clearly backs out of it and makes sure that he stays behind Thompson, but they both lose a place to Lloyd. The slightly bad thing about it is he does the exact same thing the next lap, but doesn't hit him into a slide this time, but clearly is pushing him wide again. Thompson is not having any of it. And he then tries to do the same back to him at Luffields. Mm-hmm. And this time, Cook slides and Robotman gets through. Um, and at this point, it's like, it, it means Sutton's on their tail as well. Yes. But yeah, I think it's one of those where it's six or one half dozen of the other. But in a way, it's good to see. Thompson still has that fighting spirit. And Cook always does. Yeah, but it, it ruined his race. Uh, well, Cook did. It did. Um, mm. Cook calls this incident, which calls the meatball flag. Uh, it's a it's yes. an optimistic dive at best the first time around. I would, would say, I'd temper that slightly for the second time around. The move's clearly on. It's very yeah. tight. Is Thompson turning in before the corner a little bit? As like uh, a, yeah, I think... The first move is what made the second move bad, if you see what I mean. Mm. Because if that first one hadn't been attempted, I think it would have been a lot fairer between them. But yeah, yeah. Thompson clearly had his back up thinking, no, you're not doing this again. Yes. Mm. But I might, you might have realised it a little bit too late there. Uh, but I still put the, put the blame on Cook. Um, yes. So that's ruined Thompson's uh, great run, chance for points, but also just them battling, or Cook pushing, uh, Twice, because in the first scenario they have to save it all back off, and then the second one they lose time, and then mm-hmm. there's a re- there's a return of serve that loses them time and positions and everything, and also affects Cook's race as well, um, and gifts certain uh, more positions in a way because he, he latches onto them and then he's got the pace, latent pace over them to uh, easily breeze by. Yeah. And I like the fact that the road was essentially blocked because they were side by side, but he just like, right, I'm going to push one of you past and then I can get past the other one. Yeah, it was a smart move. Uh, and then, of course, mm. then once he's past them, Robotman's just going to let him through, which is exactly what happens. Yep. Uh, so all the time, though, at this point, a lot of talk about Sutton, and you can see on the leaderboard that Ingram's making similar progress. Yeah, if not quicker progress almost I think so, relatively three or four laps um, three or four laps three or four places behind from that incident at the start uh, there's a few other moves of note but nothing major serious until we have a safety car because safety car um, why was there a safety car I'm trying to remember now there was some debris on the road which had been there oh, for at least remember. five laps that was absolutely fine <laughs> yes I'm just trying to think who was off and it wasn't it was the debris from so this was the second thing that really annoyed me in this race because mm-hmm. not only have you got people pulling over you've got a competition caution as they call it in NASCAR and I prefer BTCC over NASCAR I'm afraid so there's debris there if you're going to stop you know that's a good enough reason I suppose for a safety car it's not exactly like it's carbon fibre but okay it's fiberglass but um, yeah or a composite but I don't know the, the, the debris clear there for several laps Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, we'll throw a safety car, which helps certain Ingram even more. Yeah, it's one of those. If this was F one, fair enough, um, you know. But in touring cars, they run over a lot worse on a regular basis. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it, it wasn't even on the racing line. Nope, offline. Yeah, it was. It was online. If there was three or two and a half wide, <laughs> mm-hmm. which it's one of those where 
by the letter of the law, they probably should. But then stop it. But do it fall they off wouldn't early. normally. Yeah. So that was a bit lame, I thought. Um, mm. And like you say, there, I'm not opposed to the safety car. Really, yeah. Don't don't leave it like that and go because uh, then because then mm. all of a sudden questions start going. Oh well, why now? Are you trying yeah. to spice things up deliberately? And I know it's an entertainment, but it does. We like to have a bit. Well, we like to at least believe it's a sport. <laughs> And that was too obvious. Oh, and also before before that, did you like the uh, what I'm going to refer to as <laughs> the reverse sopa? The reverse sopa. Well, someone did mention 1992, of course, in the commentary. Yes, because uh, this time it was uh, a Vauxhall taking out a BMW. Oh yeah, both the uh, <laughs> double watch already, and and Stephen yes. Jelly, who we uh, know as uh, always a tendency to be erratic at best sometimes. Apologies, Stephen. Yes. <laughs> so talk me through that one. Oh, it's just it was very similar to the the, the classic Cleland and Soper in that one gets pushed out wide at Brooklands and then the other one has nowhere to go and just goes straight into the side of them. Uh, but but this one obviously had a lot less riding on it. Beef. I'm trying yeah. to think of the worst, but. Um, it was very similar. They both ended up spinning off at the next corner as it happened. Uh, but for me, it was, once again, it was a racing incident, essentially. Jenny pushed Doble out wide. Doble had nowhere to go, but he could also have backed off. Um, but yeah, it, it just made me laugh because of the similarities. Yeah, and I, as much as I always bemoan uh, Harvey mentioning his title win uh, every single year, um, that one yes. was fair, fair cop. And I know you've won it, and I haven't, so I'm not bashing you, Tim. Apologies. But like, it is mentioned every single year at some point, either pre-race or during the race. Oh, yes. And there's been many, many other amazing title battles in between. So, uh, but yes, that was uh, fair play, and I'd forgotten about that. Thanks for raising that. That was the reverse Soper. Like it. Got a new name. <laughs> we'll yeah. use that from henceforth if a BMW is involved uh, in an incident in that corner. And actually, that's what we thought maybe the safety car could have been for initially, because we thought, oh, was Jelly not got out of the gravel? Mm. But he had He did. Uh, yeah. All this time we've not mentioned the race leader because it's Jake Hill doing his thing. Yes, and he's nowhere to be yeah, seen. But then the, the safety car bunches the field together and something significant passes ah, happens. Sorry. Yeah, some kind of issue with Hill. Uh, at first I thought, well, Taylor Smith's made very good progress on this lap mm-hmm. to catch him up because Hill had got away. Uh, but it turns out he had some kind of misfire potentially caused by a boost sensor um, that was faulty. Um, so yeah, every now and then the car would misfire. He'd be losing speed, um, and yeah, I, I felt so sorry for him, and, and so sorry for the rest of us because that it took away a potential championship. Yeah, he's definitely out of it now. But uh, coming into this race, due to the topsy turvy nature of the first race at Silverstone, with where he won and Sutton and England got no points, the championship stood where Sutton in the lead, mm-hmm. and then joint forty one points behind him were Ingram and Hill, and. Before this safety mm-hmm. car, and even earlier on in the race, Hill's got a comfortable lead. The win is in the bag. No question. And Sutton and Ingram, yeah. uh, they might reach the lower lower echelons of the top ten. So then the gaps... He's he's comfortably in, in second place in the points, maybe 30-odd points behind Sutton, and he becomes the main protagonist to take down Sutton, potentially. Uh, but that's not what happened, because yeah. he just started dropping backwards and being slow in the straight. It kept going valiantly, but it was just... Worse and worse, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He may have got a couple of points out of it, but um, unfortunately, uh, Aiden Moffat, we, we didn't see the incident, but he was reprimanded and got penalty points for it. But he collided with Jake Hill, um, which dropped him 
maybe four or five places and I think he finished 20th from that but we only see the end of the incident on TV on a replay so we don't know what started it but Moffitt clearly spun Hill out slightly but with Hill slowing down we don't know what caused it exactly yeah well Moffitt crossed the line in 13th so Hill would have been in 13th or thereabouts oh did it oh, yes I didn't even think of that looking where Aiden was so he would have he would have got a couple of points he's still probably mm. out of it but it's better than nothing yeah. um, but this is this is the beef with Moffat, which it can it can be jovial and funny about the memes on uh, 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 X replies on the internet mm. all he wants, which I suppose is the best way of doing it, and we don't want beef on the internet because Alan Gow stamps it down on <laughs> things like that. But he's let two t- title protagonists by and taken out another. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and been reprimanded by the stewards for doing that, or the um, officials, I should say. So that doesn't play well with me it doesn't sit right with me i'm quite annoyed yeah i hadn't even thought of it in that way but now you've said it that is very true because yeah he clearly didn't want to get involved with the title fight with the rest of them yeah um so yeah a joint second in the points at the moment he's tipped into a spin by Mark, yeah so that is involved in the title fight yep. yeah um so we should mention that aaron taylor smith's on for his first win in a trillion years in a volkswagen cc <laughs> uh for the team that only had the one season in 2016, it might have been Rockingham. Yes, his first ever win as Taylor Smith. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, but that's mm. not how Ash Sutton works, my friend. <laughs> no. And to be fair, that's how champions are born. Uh, so. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a Taylor point. Smith took it well as well. He did. He did. There's a point where I'm like, the speed differential between the Vauxhall and the Ford are just insane. But what I don't know is if the hybrid was in use. So we'll we'll chalk that one up to a hybrid boost down the straight when Taylor Smith wasn't and then um, coming on to the start finish straight oh, Taylor Smith kind of sees it coming is it on the final lap as well or the start of the final lap or the penultimate uh, yeah. one and um, coming out of Luffield I don't think Sutton's got an amazing run but the car even maybe is more stable through Woodcut or he's got a better line through there as mm-hmm. well and ah, oh, Sutton t- sorry Taylor Smith could have covered it saw it too late I'm afraid yeah. So could only crowd him and try and get a cut back on the exit of Cops. But the problem, not the problem, I suppose, but even not on the ideal racing line, Sutton, with his driving technique and that car setup, it ain't running wide and you're not getting a cut back. No. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, it's one of, I'd love to have seen Aaron Taylor-Smith take the win, but the way Sutton drove the race and the way it fell to him as well, to be fair, he deserved the win. But... Uh, I mean, as Taylor Smith said after the race, if you'd have offered him a second place podium independence win at the start of the day, he would have snapped your hand off for it. Yep. So he, yep. he was happy, but I mean, to be fair, he also with that, he should have finished second or third to Hill. So it's not like the win was snatched from him that where he led forever. Yeah, good point. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate for him. Unfortunate, but he's, we've, we've mentioned it certainly in the second half of the year he's been on form. Um, you know, Donington he was having some good runs as well. It's not like it's mm. like a a random result out of nowhere. He's definitely been making progress through the year and as of the team. Uh, so that is a second yeah. podium this weekend for Parmax. Could they get a third in the third race? We'll find out in a minute. But first, it's well, double watch. It is. Um, and he did, with the uh, shenanigans going on at the back of the grid with Jake Hill and, and Moffitt, he managed to sneak 15th place in that one. Right, yeah, just to be clear, Moffitt's penalty was two penalty points, but nothing yes, to do it with wasn't, uh, grids or positions or anything like that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was the traditional uh, slap of the wrist behind the scenes. Yeah, so he finished 20th and he is out of the championship now. Uh, I know his dad, Simon Hill, was very happy after the first race, but he must be dejected after that one. Uh, Christo was in 12th. Solid points. <laughs> Pearson with his new two-year contract in 11th. And actually, speaking of Creasy, that is where the reverse grid draw lands. Yeah, now that was an interesting one. Now, we, I, I paused it, and I'm pretty sure the right number of balls were in the bowl. It looked that way. Uh, but I'm there still not other numbers in there. Yeah, I'm still not sure on the race winner pulling out. To be honest, get a third party. Just can we just have uh, yeah. John Cullen every round? Um, <laughs> what's that amazing clip of Rod Stewart's pulling balls out for a football draw? And he's completely plastered. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's an FA Cup. Yeah, one of the best clips of all time on the internet. That so yeah. uh, we just need John Cullen after a few whiskeys. Yeah, that would work. Okay, but it's never going to happen. It's ITV daytime. So <laughs> unless there's anything else, on to race three. No, that's it. So, unfortunately, Grissi gets a poor start immediately and drops down the positions, mm. which hands a lead to Pearson, who we mentioned there, finished 11th in uh, race two, and he, you think, oh, he could be onto something here. Yeah? Mm. He, he was looking quite handy at that point, and possibility for a win. But then all attention is drawn to, oh my god, they're three wide and there's contact down the straight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I was trying to work out what happened, because at one point they were briefly four wide, because Ingram was on the far right. Yep. But he was like, I'm, I'm not getting involved in this. So it's Creasy, Morgan, Butcher, and a bit of Ingram on the yeah, first Ingram lap. is behind at that point, though. Yeah. And ultimately, what, whatever happens, I think Creasy's sandwiched and he can't go anywhere. And he actually breaks, you can see that. Yeah. Um, but there's a pincer movement for either side. And so Butcher spears across the front of Creasy's Cooper to the left. Which collects uh, Morgan, sorry. Oh, Morgan goes across from the right, does he? Yeah, Butcher's on the left, Morgan was on the right. Sorry, I'll it, say Morgan's that again. the one who went across the front. Oh, well, we'll, we'll carry on with that. Yeah, so, okay, ultimately, um, two cars spear off left, and it's Butcher's quite a heavy side on impact, I would say, with the mm-hmm. concrete wall by those things. Uh, whereas Morgan sort of spins around, does make contact, but tries to continue. Uh, yes, and he, he did continue as well, and. Um, the car wasn't that damaged. It had a lot of bodywork damage on one side, but no mechanical damage. Mm. But he did also get a reprimand penalty points because, and I thought this at the time, he moved over on Crease. Right. Okay. And that's that's what did it. I, I was a bit disappointed in Tim Harvey actually because he said that Creasy tapped the rear of Morgan. He did say that, yes. Um, but for me, Morgan clearly moved across him. Right. I suppose what we could say is that uh, we can rewind as many times as we want <laughs> and Tim has oh, yeah. to call it as he sees it. But yes, okay, so if there's a reprimand there, like you say, there are two penalty points for that incident. I mean, oof, they're lucky there was no injuries there, I thought. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I just didn't quite get why Morgan turned left when they're going straight. I know he was presumably trying to cover and he probably thought there was no one on the outside of crease, but I didn't really see what he was trying to achieve by doing that. Well, I'd love to see the on-board footage from that. Please. Please. Actually, one thing I'd love to see, which I know is very expensive to sort, and I asked Alan Gow this once on a forum where you could ask him questions, and his response mm-hmm. was, it's up to ITV, and also you'd be surprised how little of it there is during the race, but team mm. radio from that first race in a YouTube highlight clip, please, it would be amazing. All right, onwards. <laughs> so we've got a safety car again. Uh, which, by the way, do you not think it was called a bit late, or a bit rushed, or 
Ah, it's difficult because the incident had just happened towards the end of the short, isn't it? So there was a bit of a kerfuffle, but yeah. I don't think you could have done anything else different, to be honest. And there was no crashes, but there could have been coming up on the start-finish line, I thought. Yeah, no, because Robot um, passes Pearson at Laffield, doesn't he? Um, and I, I quite like the fact that he pushed him out wide. Uh, not for doing that, but it just shows how uh, yeah. he's getting his elbows out. Absolutely. And Pearson did it the right way. He didn't try and brave it out and go in the gravel. He backed off slightly and stayed behind. Um, but yeah, he just got ahead and then the safety guard was called. Yeah, it was called as they were flying down the straight. And in fact, there's a bit where the mm-hmm. Panamera comes out of the pit lane and he's there, the driver's behind a few cars, but it's all sorted out mm-hmm. uh, relatively orderly. Then what happens after the restart? Well, I remember Turkington going around the outside of Dan Lloyd at Brooklands in a, a very nice move from both drivers, to be fair. Um, Lloyd didn't try and brave it out when he already lost the position. Um, so it's kind of like the, the Soper manoeuvre, but on track and in control. I thought, I could be wrong here, I might be misremembering mis- mis- this, uh, but was Turkington on the hybrid as well? Uh, I didn't notice, but quite possibly, yeah. I think he might have done. But could be wrong there. Because uh, he was obviously coming from further back, so he didn't have any yep. restrictions on his hybrid. Yep. Still, the Turkington fight back is here. Mm. Very much so. And I think, uh, does Ingram follow through soon after? Uh, well, first of all, um, Robottom is passed by Turkington around the outside of Woodcut, which was very impressive. Um, but on that one, I did notice that he did use his hybrid. That's the one I'm thinking of. Um, Apologies. And Robottom didn't. Because oh, when I looked, Robottom had already used his earlier in the lap. Yes. And as I they came it. out around Woodcut, Turkington used his right up to the line yeah. um, to complete that. But that that was good in the way that he positioned it so he could do that. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, again, shows an aptitude to racing. It's not just the positioning of the car. Um, mm-hmm. I hate that expression, the car. Um, but it's saving the hybrid for that moment as well. Yeah, exactly. that, that's, that's what I like to see with, with the hybrid, that we don't so, often see enough where there's some tactical thinking on how to use it. Yeah, it might happen. It's just not clear sometimes. That's also true, yeah. Um, I remember that, it, for instance, when F1 had Kurs, it was one of those things where everyone was using it at the same time mm-hmm. in each laps. It was just cancelling itself out between everyone else. Ingram, um, he's very tight to the pit wall, if I remember correctly, and he gets inside Lloyd. Um, and then they both run wide at Cops. Um, but I think there was some contact between the two of them in the middle of the corner, which is why they ran wide. Um, but right. Pearson then gets past Lloyd, so Ingram then has a, a rear gunner. That's true. Soon after, I believe, Lloyd, uh, you almost think, is this redemption from the Donington drive shaft? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I did as well briefly. But it's not, sadly. Because I think if you have to think about dry qualifying, he was down in 21st. Yeah, the, unfortunately. The, the car and the setup doesn't work around here particularly well, I don't think. So, um, Sutton also gets passed. Then there's a move with Cook and Collard both getting past Creasy in one move. Which I can't remember that. Uh, well, it was one of those where Cook opens the door and Collard's like, I'm following this through. Oh, yeah, I do recall that now. If you see what I mean. Was he flashing the lights um, at the same time, probably? More than likely, yeah. He's probably flashing the lights and, and <laughs> just gesticulating wildly, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> but that no, was a good move. Because um, I, I give Collard some stick and he does deserve it a lot, but I love watching him race. I love the attitude. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be the same without him. Let's hope he doesn't announce an emigration to Australia again. 
at the end of the season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then we've got this whole thing of Robot ahead of Ingram, and you think, oh, is a funny games he's going to defend? It kind of looks like he's doing that for a minute, and then it kind of mm. looks like he lets him by. I, I think it's one of those that he, he defended while he could, but then Ingram just got that line that he couldn't do anything about. And there's no point him braving it out around the outside there because he's just going to end up losing more time. There was that It was in this move where they're both going down the straight-ish because uh, obviously mm-hmm. uh, Woodcut isn't, you know, it's curved. And they're both yeah. in the hybrid, but then Ingram's hybrid cuts off first, yet he still gets extra speed and momentum alongside. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, ooh, conspiracy team, every time, tin hat time. Ah, there's something to do with, yeah, because the turn in the hybrid doesn't mean that much or something. I don't know. It looks suspicious to me, but um, I'll I'll give it a pass. I'm not saying anybody's yeah. doing anything foul play, but it, the the speed differential there was quite stark, and it was just didn't jive well with me. But we'll move on. Mm. Um, it was Tin Hat Tuesday, though. Tin Hat Tuesday. There we go. <laughs> uh, so there's uh, and so Ingram's making progress, but so is Sutton. Uh, yeah, because um, yeah, that was it. Sutton was at this point up to where Pearson was. Um, and this is what I do like to see from people is that Pearson was having none of it. Yes. You know, he's Ingram's teammate and he is battling for that place. Nothing dirty, but he, he's making sure that he, uh, Sutton's going past, he's got to work for it. Which is what it should be anyway. Exactly. Eventually it happens, but you're right. I, I agree, run and uh, defends well or drives well in general. And he's mm. sometimes not had the results go his way. I think he got a debut podium and it was taken away through a ride out infringement. And yeah, the second podium might have done the same as well. <laughs> I could be wrong. Yeah, but uh, overall, I think he's had a, a stunning season. But it's a breakthrough for, year. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not far off Chilton's points in his rookie season, and really, Chilton should be miles ahead of him. Absolutely, so he, he's done very well. No, star of the future. Very impressed. Well, but Randy continues the momentum and doesn't sort of fizzle out mm-hmm. like Aidan Moffat. Oh, sorry, sorry, Aidan. Sorry, <laughs> very sorry. Listen, I'm just. I I'm in a bad <laughs> Briefly, there was one move that I really liked, which was when Hill got around the outside of both Chilton and Moffat at Brooklands. Brooklands? Brooklands. Um, which was nice. He got alongside Chilton on the outside and then braked very late around the outside of Moffat, who decided to not take him out this time. Which was nice of him. Yeah. Um, speaking of Chilton, he gets a meatball flag. and Bobby Thompson gets the only... If it goes bad for worse for Bobby, he got a meatball flag in yeah. those two... 10 second penalty for track limits the only driver to do so in the race uh, position um, obviously Robottom lets Sutton through so you've got Ingram and Sutton on the podium once more but Turgerton takes the his 150th win for BMW or is it BMW's 150th win I can't, I can't uh, BMW's 150 B, 150th BTCC race win that would be mad if it were all Turgerton getting those 150s <laughs> it, it would yes but, um, uh, controversially, in my opinion, he should be stripped of it. <laughs> yes, which is not so I was aware of. I knew he was under investigation for a, a start infringement. Um, I then checked the uh, news today and saw there's no mention of that, yep. so I assume that's fine. Yeah, obviously, there was no infringement. It's fine. But as you pointed out, he is, his car is across the line. Um, yeah, so w- his front splitter is over the the front of the line. We had the questionable race start in race one with uh, Dobo mm-hmm. doing the second parade lap and it just continuing on and the red car have to move and stuff. Um, we've had uh, questionable uh, antics from Aidan Moffat which annoyed me in the second race. And my, but my main annoyance is this. 
Uh, you can't announce mid-race that a start will be investigated after the race. Mm. Sorry, we've had it before where cars have been out of position on the grid. And it's, yeah. you, get, you get the penalty in the race for a jump start. Even if it's a jump start or not out of position, I think technically under the rules is it counts under that as a penalty. I, I don't want to speculate too much because that undermines my argument. Daryl DeLeon, did he get a false start in the first race or was he just out of position? We'd have to check that. Um, yeah. But... Uh, the rules. I'm going to say to that. Yeah, I'm going to re- read out the rule regulations here, and I'm taking it slightly out of context. Mm-hmm. I'm not reading the full paragraph, but a competitor will be ju- judged to have made a false start if any part of the car of their car, sorry, is either forward of their grid marking or moving before the start signal is given. So a fu- it's a false start if any part of the car is forward of the grid marking, and you can clear as they see. I the splitter of the BMW is across the line in the box, on the grid. Um, mm-hmm. It's an instant penalty for me, but now we've got the scenario. But but to decide mid-race that it will be investigated after the race, is it, I'm completely befuddled by that. I don't know what else is going on. The stewards' room might have been on fire, in which case, fair enough, force majeure. <laughs> you know, we don't want to see any injuries there. It's not suspicious, professional. And now we've got all these wonderful headlines of Turkington taking the 150th win in BMW's history in BTCC. Great PR. Will it be stripped now? I'm suspicious of that, but it's clear yeah. as day in the broadcast. Um, takes, uh, you know, I've looked back at that and gone, "Is over the box." It's taken me five minutes to look Google the rules and find that segment, uh, page eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if anyone's listening, of note, <clears throat> and yeah, it's cut and dry. It's cut and dry. We've seen drivers like Plato at Thruxton when they first introduced this rule a couple of seasons, a few seasons ago in the Astra. He was pinged with a penalty. Uh, this was during the race. He, he was apoplectic with rage and fury, but that's probably for the pantomime villain character. Uh, yes, I've had a rant too much here, but it, it's 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 over the line. Yeah, and I I should clarify this is that I do fully agree with you. I think it was a full start on second viewing of seeing it. Um, but I think the argument will be that he had no part of his car forward of the line. It was on it, which I don't mm. agree with, but I think that's what they're going to say. And that's why this is going to be brushed away. Yes, but if you look at the uh, BARC website, we can look at the judicial uh, rulings uh, mm-hmm. from the notice, the decisions from the notice board. There, there isn't a, a decision, and therefore there isn't an appeal. But I think I understand what you mean. Where if it was yeah. to appeal, you'd say, well, the ruling says forward of the grid marking, and his yeah. splitter is over the top of it. But uh, it, you, then, then what precedent does that say? Because every other car on the grid. That you can see clearly, so there's mm-hmm. uh, Pearson, for example, a row in front of him, or is it Robottom just ahead of him? And there's uh, Lloyd. Their splitters are clearly behind the white line, and the full of the mm-hmm. white line is entirely visible. Turkington's isn't. You can't see it. It isn't, and because uh, as we said before, this when we was looking at it, is that for a moment I thought, oh, maybe the uh, the line has actually been worn away because you can only clearly see one corner of it. And then I, I wind forward uh, a tiny bit on the, the video. And once Turkington's car has left, but you can clearly see that the whole line is there. It's not worn away, yep. which means that what I was seeing was the shadow of his splitter obscuring the line. Now the, so therefore, it, it is over. Yeah, there could be an angle of, oh, well, it's perspec- you're looking at the wrong perspective through the camera angle lens. But the car in front of him on the grid is, is clear as day further back than mm-hmm. Turkington is in the box. And it's difficult to see, but I believe the Astra behind him looks perfectly okay as well. So yeah, you've got the car in front and behind looking fine. The one in the middle, so it's not perspective at all. I, I'm I'm deeply frustrated by that. 
and I, I really like Colin Turkerton. He, he was deserving of the win, but in the letter of oh, the yeah. law, there is a penalty to be applied, in my opinion. Yes, no, I, I agree. It's it's not against him specifically. Nope. It's the fact that the rules are not being dealt out. Fairly is the wrong word, but it, it's not the same. Consistent. For yeah, that's the word I was trying to find. That's all right. Yeah, like this sets a precedent for me now. Like the next mm-hmm. time, if it's obvious where someone gets that. They could. They are well within the rights to say, but you didn't do it for Turkerton at Silverstone in 2023. So, we, mm. we shall see. Um, we love the BTCC. That's why we do a podcast about it in our own time yeah. at our own expense. But sometimes, and we're not saying that we are could be stewards, and they might even be voluntary for all we know, or paid, or, or not have time and have to leave the circuit, you know, at the end of every round, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we, but that. It just strikes me as a decision will be made after the race for a start yeah, line infringement. Very unusual nope, because the sorry. amount of times we've seen during a race a five second penalty or ten second penalty for a full start, as we said earlier with De Leon. Yeah, De Le- they managed it with De Leon earlier in the race. Whether that was a false mm-hmm. start in terms of jumping the lights or out of position, either way, a decision was made. Yes. And yeah, I still don't see why there was a delay. So, that's a sour taste that results. As it stands, Ingram second and Sutton was third and Turkerton uh, won that race. We have a, both of us have a feeling that that's how it will stand, but mm-hmm. Ingram was robbed. Okay. Um, can we quickly do double watch? Double watch, double watch. Yes, his third points finish of the weekend. Could have been more. Which, considering how it went, is actually pretty reasonable. Um he finished in 14th place. Yeah. So he's he's being pointsy. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I have to say, if you know it. That's a yellow well. card, that is. <laughs> that is the first race of the weekend without an Astra on the podium. Adam Weaver must be disappointed. No, oh, yes. It's uh, still a great weekend, despite the uh, shambolic start to the first race. Mm. Uh, we shall quickly, really quickly, wrap up with championship points, even though it feels a bit academic because Ashley Sutton has won the championship. Uh, but it's still mathematically possible for Ingram... Uh, to to win it, especially if there's a non-finish in the first race that will spice up the final weekend. Is that your reading of the points? Pretty much, yeah. It's, it's 45 points, I believe, yeah. isn't it, that he's ahead? Is it 15 points for a win? Um, and, so, and then you get the bonus points for fastest lap, leading a lap, and pole position. Yeah, basically, he needs to uh, crash in practice, <laughs> ruin the car, not have a very good qualifying, crash in race one. So, yeah, and for Ingram to get all the disastrous, points. Yeah. Disastrous weekend for Sutton is the only thing that's going to... Uh, yep, so obviously it. the main championship focus going in with all the coverage into the final round is the Jack Sears Trophy, which Andrew Watson leads over his teammate, Mikey Double. And mm. there is... Indeed. Ooh, 18 points between them, I think. Uh, yes, there is. Uh, I'm not sure what the points allocations are for the Jack Sears Trophy. Yes, I was going to say, God knows how it works, because the leader's got 410 points. <laughs> yes. Um... What I'm assuming, without looking into it, and apologies for my ignorance, we looked up the rules for stat line procedure, but not the points for Jack Sears. It is just the race, the the, the BCC Championship point order. Uh, I believe so, yeah. yeah. It's just it's only the people in the Jack Sears that Correct. qualify for it. But yeah, I think that that's still open, that one. So that, that's going to be quite interesting to see what happens. The wing foot is literally won. That's by Ash Sutton. <laughs> I know that. I included that just because... Yeah, and I believe... Laughable. I don't know if Josh Cook's been crowned independent champion, but he's, like he's nearly got 100 points of, of a lead there over Taylor Smith. <laughs> yes. So, 
done deal. Second year on a bounce for Cook there. Um, uh, but, you know, he won't be happy with that. I'm sure he'll be wanting to fight for the main championship where he's fifth at the minute and it's game over. Mm-hmm. All right. So the final round, the championship decider. So we can always say that. We can still say it, even though we know it's decided. Yes. We'll be at Brandsatch Grand Prix. And yes, I suppose it, so. it usually is, isn't it? Yep, yeah, and it's in 10 days' time from the time of recording, which is, he says as he waits for the internet page to load, the 7th and 8th of October. <laughs> so I expect it to be dark, miserable, cold and rainy. But there generally is a, a race winner during that weekend that you don't normally expect that gets brushed under the carpet because of the championship winners on the podium with fireworks. So keep your eyes yes. peeled for that. Last year it was Dan Lloyd. Um, this year it'll be Mikey Doble. You're saying Mikey Doble. I'm going to say Jeff Smith out of retirement to take that elusive first victory. <laughs> I don't think it will be Doble because I don't think this track will suit the Astros that well, but I, I really want it to be. I'd like it to be a Cooper win, actually. Uh, Bobby T or Dan Lloyd. Oh, yeah. I'll take that. Race Thompson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the BTCC uh, for now section of the podcast. Uh, we're just going to have a quick break for a tunnocks. And then we'll be back for the Japanese Grand Prix. Uh, so now it's time to move away from our Scottish snacks and onto our sushi. It's time for the Japanese Grand Prix. I don't know why everything's food related this week. Uh, anyway, yes, Japanese Grand Prix at Suzuka. Uh, not at Fuji these days, of course. I don't know why I've even said that. Just move on. Uh, well, first of all, what do you think of the weekend, Nick? Um, it was entertaining, um, but probably for some of the wrong reasons. The uh, constructors has been wrapped up. The drivers yep. is nearly wrapped up. Yes, I believe it could be wrapped up at the, the next round in the sprint. Potentially yes. certain things happen, but maybe probably in the in the main race, I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, either way, we know where it's going, so there's no intrigue on that. It's now about what happens behind. Yeah, and there is there is a little battle between Alonso and the Ferraris and Hamilton and Russell, uh, and well, maybe not Russell and maybe Norris. So the, there's some there's things to play for, especially uh, is it second in the constructors? That's the, I think that's the main focus. Uh, yes, um, second in the drivers as well is uh, up for grabs. Not that anyone particularly cares. N- no, no. But you have to when it when it's so dominant, you have to play these little games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we must say congratulations to Red Bull Racing for I think their sixth constructors title uh, in dominant fashion and with only one car this year. Amazing. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, and going back to the fight for second in the drivers' championship, I mean, it could, it, it, it should be Perez's, and it could still be the, you know, what happens conspiracy theory time if uh, Verstappen wraps up the title, then helps him out a bit. Well, I don't think that will happen. That's you not going to happen. I don't think. No, <clears throat> that's um, didn't they ask him to do that last year, and he he refused. Ah, uh, there's some, something rings a bell there. Yeah, because um, Perez didn't help him out the week before or something like that. Oh, yes, that's right. At Brazil, in Brazil. Yes. He, oh, yeah, how petulant. That was that yes. was Verstappen's not his best side there. Uh, a, a worthy champion this year, undoubtedly. And also, uh, speaking of fighting for teammates, uh, against teammates, or helping them out, this race was, that was the main intrigue I felt. Uh, but just quickly, we'll rattle through some news before we start. Uh, yeah, Piastri's there at McLaren. For until 2026, making Mark Webber presumably even richer. Yes, you uh, think so? Yeah, so no, De Ricardo, interesting one there, confirmed for Alpha Tari. Kind of wanted Lawson. Yes. Um, it looks like Lawson's going to be res- back to reserve driver role. Which he's not happy about, but I've seen headlines. I don't know if they're true or not, um, because they're not on all the sites, just some questionable ones that he has been guaranteed a seat for 25. 
Yeah. But how true we'll that is, I don't know. There does seem to be a space at Williams, and I don't know if uh, they go for Sargent again, or maybe even they, could they borrow Lawson for a year. Uh, I know, obviously, Albon had some form of Red Bull mm-hmm. backing, not necessarily the team, but maybe the parent company to get to help assist initially it's, back to Williams. So, I don't know. It's looking more likely, from what I've seen, that Mick might get that role, Mick Schumacher. Right. Kind of feel like we've been there, done that, but we'll... Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Sometimes when a driver has a chance and then it's taken away and then they come back stronger. See Albon, actually. Yeah, very much so. Um, Andretti might be a Formula 1 team, maybe at some point. I don't know, they made it through the next phase, but three of the bigs have been rejected, which are high-tech, Carlin, and another one I can't pronounce. No, I know. And strangely, that particular bid I noticed today, um, they are now saying they have a billion pound backing and are still trying to get on the grid for 2026. Right, oh, so uh, <laughs> whatever that means, yeah. L K Y S U N Z, you make your own pronunciations at home for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and final bit, Jess Hawkins, former BTCC driver, we can say, indeed, has been given a test in a Aston Martin 2021 spec at the Hungara Ring alongside uh, reserve driver and F2, reigning F2 champion Drugovic, mm-hmm. who's been testing that car regularly as part of his development. Right, uh, it's, it's good to see Jess being given a run out, um, rather than because she's a I believe her actual position is uh, Aston Ambassador. Mm. Um, but now you can add some extra credence to that by saying yeah, exactly. she's tested the Formula 1 car, which is a and great way of doing it. always been a good driver. Um, yep. We don't know if she's F1 standard or not, because um, you don't really get the chance to try it, but it's good to see getting that. Yeah, it's, it's actually a rare opportunity, isn't, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, she's formerly competed in the W Series... Uh, the mm-hmm. one round at Snetterton in 2021 in BTCC in a, in a, a focus. Was it in place of underneath, maybe? Um, um, yeah, and she also did uh, a round in the Astra Coupe, didn't she? Oh, did she really? The PMR one. Um, on that season when they were doing a round robbing of drivers on every other race. Oh, right, okay. Yes, in the, in the current Astra. Right. Mm-hmm. I was not aware of that, so that's good. And then she's also a former... Oh, maybe current stunt driver, certainly in the last uh, No No Time to Dime Bond Mm -hmm. film. Uh, Anyway, moving on from that rather interesting and important news, we'll dive straight into free practice one. No, we won't. We'll go qualifying. (laughs) Where, well, there's not much to say really other than the gap at the front was ginormous. Yes. And the gap in between first and fifth, which is where Perez is. I mean, Perez should be second for a start, uh, but he's fifth. And uh-huh. uh, ooh, that is nearly a second. Yeah, for me, um, in ideal circumstances, and if you're uh, nothing's particular has gone wrong, you should be within three or four tenths of your teammate. Yes, that's like a you know setup or whatever issue. But he constantly at the moment seems to be nearer a second behind. Uh, yeah, was it eight tenths this time? Yeah, eight tenths, but or just under that, but the. Uh, the key thing is here. It sounds like a Perez bashing, but that that isn't good enough, and it's not a one-off. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, yes. Meanwhile, Piastri and Norris are se- separated by a hair's breadth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Piastri getting up hand this time in second, which is uh, a good confidence booster following that contract, that lucrative yeah. deal, especially as it's his first ever visit to Suzuka. Right. So not even tested it in junior formula. I suppose if you don't. I mean, F2 and F3 aren't there, are they? So if you don't mm-hmm. race in Super Formula or something, or the undercard for that, then you don't get the experience. Uh, 
Lawson has though, and he qualified in 11th, but Sonoda in his home race outqualified him into 9th. Uh, Mercedes didn't seem that competitive really in certainly qualifying trim 7th and 8th. No. Both Ferrari, both Ferrari's ahead of him. Um, oh, and lineup last was Logan Sargent, who smashed the wall like Timo Glock, Glock did once. Yes, it's an unusual place to go off, but what, if you hit that grass, that's it. You're in that wall. Yeah, and I love the name of that corner, Last Curve. <laughs> yes. Extremely lit- literal. It could yeah, be translation. He ruined that car. It had to be rebuilt overnight. And they got in a slight bit of trouble as well because they started building up the spare chassis, mm. um, which is not allowed unless you are not going to be using the, the one that's been repaired oh okay but uh, yeah I well, think there's some fines put that. around it's a oh, cost okay. cap thing they're saying that you shouldn't have a third car uh, in yeah right available etc okay well uh, anyway he, he was able to take the race take the grid and uh, well yeah just talk us through the race start from your point of view well um, Max doesn't get a particularly good start um, he's got Piastri alongside oh. him on the inside He's both charging down to turn one, and we're both all, all looking at that direction. Um, at which point, you know, it's that Lando is coming around the outside. Um, we've got a much better start than both of them. Uh, but it looks like Verstappen only has eyes on per- um, Perez. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, yeah. Eyes on Piastri at that point because he nearly drives into the side of Lando. Yeah. Um, Piastri did say in his post-race thing as well that he got overexcited. He got a better start, and then put too much wheel spin in the second phase because he saw he got a good start right um, yeah but it, so it was could good. have could have snatched it possibly yeah uh, but yeah it was good to watch um, yeah Lando tried to go around the outside but you know Verstappen's always going to ease it wide at the end of first corner mm-hmm. um, so it was kind of right to back out there I thought yeah part of me wished that oh be a bit more audacious but then it would just would have been contact for the sake of it I think Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of contact, there's, oh, I don't know, all sorts going on. There's three or four wide behind and everybody just smacks into the side of each other. Yeah, it didn't look like there was any particular uh, uh, person that was making it worse or whatever. There was just cars coming together for me. Um, yeah. That's between the Ferraris and Hamilton and Perez. Yeah, it looks like the Leclerc slightly moving across, so Sight slightly moving across, so then Perez moves across and Hamilton ends up with contact. Mm-hmm. And put onto the grass briefly. But it keeps it in, keeps the foot in. Yes. Uh, but what's unfortunate is Perez either, well I think it's a combination of he's tries to save the position from Hamilton by moving wide and he's also got wing damage mm-hmm. and on the exit of the first corner he sort of eases Hamilton off again yeah. or, or rather onto the kerb which then means he can't get the traction mm-hmm. down because his car's kind of in the air a bit and that, and that means Alonso gets both of them so that compromises yeah. Hamilton quite a bit there and then behind there's another clash isn't there yeah I'm, I still can't really see exactly what happened that but that was cars coming together and it was Albon, Bottas and Ocon I believe in some sort of pincer movement that came together in there um, they all came together as Albon actually yeah and Bottas uh, sorry um, yes, Albon flies in the air doesn't he and uh, I thought oh my word that, that would have been significant uh, damage there but mm. uh, anyway onwards we went I think uh, Alex was complaining about, about the car because uh, they're losing X number of points of downforce, and so he, he retired. I think later in the race, uh, I it, believe so. I'm, I'm not even sure if it said why he retires. He was just asked to put in, but presumably it was no. to do with that damage. There's a clip later in the race where he's complaining about, oh, it's dangerous because uh, I guess he didn't have the confidence uh, because the car it, yeah. it has a huge side-on impact. Um, 
even though he managed to get back to the pit lane. Uh, for me, it kind of looks like Ocon moves across on everybody. <laughs> when you watch the uh, Bottas on board of it, you're like, oh. It's not a sharp movement, mm. but there's no one to his right and there's no one right behind him, so it's almost like he wasn't paying, paying attention, maybe. Easy for me to say, sat here, not moving at 200 miles an hour. Uh, so there was no penalties yeah. for that, so clearly it wasn't a judge to be his fault. But Bottas is severely damaged, gets a front right puncher, and goes off and does a bit of rallying <laughs> yes. uh, at the snake. But keeps it going. He's, um, I think uh, Ocon uh, might have got a puncher so, um, as well. Joe had uh, damage, but I think he was just hit by some of the debris from the crash in front rather than him being involved directly. Right, yeah, he wasn't involved in the incident, but he picked up something. And in the best of onboards <laughs> video, there's always a Kevin Magnuson clip because there always is a, is a Kevin Magnuson clip. And he's just behind all this, and he luckily avoids it all. And there's a good, good view of it. Uh, so Perez also makes it back and way back to the pits and gets a front wing. Uh, there's this whole debate of, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So the safety car's out because of the debris, but looks like Perez passes two cars on the way out of the pits. But then also he might have passed one on the way into the pits. Anyway, there's a penalty, but we don't know which of those it was for. Quite. It appears to be for the one on the way in. Yes, I thought so. Um, which, to be fair, I thought he deserved one for the one on the way out. Yeah, as well. it's to do with the safety car line, though, isn't it? Not the end of the pit lane line, I think. On the exit, yeah. maybe. Uh, but if that's the case, why did he give them back? I, I don't think he gave back all... Didn't he uh, not give back one of them? No, he, he gave back um, oh, he did. the two spaces he gained. Oh, okay. I thought it was maybe more than that and maybe he didn't give it back to, I don't know, whoever was in last. But, oh, okay. Apologies. Yeah, because there was someone else much further back who wasn't right. there. They were in last place, but they were still halfway around the track. So that must be allowed, provided you give it back immediately. But then there was one way, dives into mm-hmm. pit lane, and um, it, it's a bit yeah, unfortunate, that, really. But Alonso, wasn't uh, it? I think it was an Aston. Way yeah. In. But yeah, that's a slightly harsh one for me, that, because you're already on your way into the pits. You're nowhere near the actual car. But by the letter of the law, he gained that position before he hit the pit line. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this penalty... Is this the same penalty that served later on as well? In a unique way? Or a different no. way? Oh, yeah, because that's for contact. Yeah, okay, so we'll jump ahead a bit. Yes. So, at the restart, uh, what did you make of the Sergeant Bottas manoeuvre at the um, hairpin? Uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting in that that was clearly Sergeant's fault. Uh, he locked up and went into the side of Bottas, but I thought Bottas was on the outside of him. And you would assume could have seen he was starting to lock up, but he then tries to go around the outside. So mm. I don't think there's any fault for Bottas in that incident, but I think just maybe a bit of common sense would mean that he would back off so as he wasn't the target. Of yeah, could have got cut back. Sergeant going off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. There's, there's just uh, it's Sergeant's fault. It's unfortunate for Bottas, but it perhaps could have been mm-hmm. avoided. But that effectively wipes Bottas out of the race, even though he manages to drive backwards through the gravel trap and get it going. Um, yeah. And I think Sergeant has to um, get a new wing, maybe. Uh, certainly a five-second penalty for that as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bottas lasted a couple of more laps of just swanning about out there, but his, his car was too badly damaged. Yeah, that's right. First of the teammate battles happen around this point as well, don't they? Because there's Russell diving on Hamilton, but Hamilton getting him back. I don't think they were speaking yeah. to each other in... Park Fermi or the um, is that the right expression but at the end of the race were they I, I didn't see that actually but it wouldn't surprise yeah, me yeah they're not best mates at the minute but, um, 
I, I don't see an issue no, with it. You know, they're not really fighting for anything um, individually. It's they're fighting for second in the championship, or Hamilton is. But you know, as long as they're not taking each other out, I don't see a problem. Yeah, I, I, it creates great racing for us to watch when the when the leader's mm-hmm. gone, because we don't think we're going to mention the leader now until the very end. So that was you want them to be allowed to fight. And actually, speaking of which, I mentioned that that was the first of the team in battles, but really it was on that one with uh, Yuki and Liam uh, side by side for oh, yes, of most yeah. of the lap. I think Lawson gets just on the inside of Sonoda in the first corner, then they're side by side all the way through the snake, the S's, the, the, the anti-banked curve. Love that name of that. Uh, <laughs> yes. And then it's finally resolved at Degner-ish. Oh no, because then finally, mm. towards the end of the lap when the uh, yellows come out, Yuki has another go around Spoon. But... Um, it's actually quite tetchy at times, that. and uh, could have ended in a disaster. I thought because Lawson's it, not it fully ahead, and he just definitely turns in at the second Degner. <laughs> yeah, once again, though, it, it's good to see if they're uh, being sensible, which they sort yeah. of were. Um, if there's no contact, it's good enough. But it was just hard racing for me. Yeah, and Lawson at that point. Um, kind of knew that he hadn't got the drive for the next season so he wants to make a good performance because as far as he knows this could be his last race yeah Yuki was on the radio going he's so aggressive oh it's a joke blah 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 but you just got out fuck <laughs> from Yuki because yeah he's not aggressive at all no, no of course not <laughs> and he was out, he was out, out fox there but then um, he gets the undercut on Lawson anyway as they both pit later on um, around that time, I think you've got it down his lap 12. Then we have the um, what did Julian Palmer describe it as? That's poor. That's just a poor move, um, which is kind of rich coming from him, but fair enough, it's better than me. Uh, yeah, Perez takes out Magnussen. Oh, yes, that one. Yeah, especially as um, he'd, he'd done basically the same thing the lap before, but just avoided contact. So he had his warning, yeah. <laughs> and he just went for it anyway. I mean, it just reeked of desperation there's no need to dive that way on someone who's clearly not giving room for it oh, yeah, you're never going to get room from Magnuson, but he's just nowhere near either and we we saw this in this race but also in the last race as well in Singapore there seems to be you've arguably got the best car on the grid there and you, you can be a bit more patient when you've got such a pace advantage but that's what I don't understand. Is um, yeah, his car should be that much faster than Magnussen's that he should be able to wait for the DRS or wait for a mistake or something like that. You don't, there's no need to dive into that hairpin and risk everything. Yeah, it's it's strange. Anyway, there's there's he has damage from that as well, and uh, oh, it's not feeling right, so he retires temporarily. He stays in the car. <laughs> Yes. Uh, there's all sorts of other shenanigans because people pit stop early. I think uh, Alonso saying, You fed me to the lions, mate. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I think he's one of the first to stop. Uh, mm. But the next the next uh, fierce battle between uh, teammates is uh, Hamilton and Russell. Hamilton makes a mistake, which is uh, a bit unfortunate. He runs wide at Degna 2, and Russell tries mm. to go around the outside of Spoon. What do you think to that? I think if they weren't teammates, there might have been a bit more made of that in terms of mm. stewards looking at it. Because Lewis definitely pushes him out wide, which I don't necessarily have a problem with. Um, but then Lewis also runs out wide. So for ah, me, that's good potentially you know, forcing another driver off the track. If he'd kept it on himself, maybe not. Um, 
it's a definite deliberate move to, to do that. But then at the same yes. time, I'm thinking you're never going to get around the outside of Spoon. Stupid. Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, you don't ever make that move. Because you would never be able to hold on around the second part. Uh, uh, no, in exactly. opinion, in my opinion. So he could have lined it up and got a run uh, in the slipstream down backstretch. Yes. Um, all right. So, uh, 12 retired. Oh, uh, you know, so what? It's so completely anonymous at the minute. Yes. Um, but we see, um, again, because of Alonso's weird strategies, actually then ahead of a few cars, then everybody has to overtake them, uh, overtake him. They look great. They have to be moves that are made and they're, you know, on edge and millimeter perfect. But uh, we know that everyone's got a tire and a pace advantage around him, so it's kind of just a bit weird. So when Hamilton yeah. goes past Alonso into 130R, I just still wasn't. It was a nice move, but I wasn't jumping around in my seat, to be honest. Oh, yeah, it wasn't like the first time. I believe exactly. Alonso, again, wasn't it? In, Outside of Schumacher. Think, yes, uh, that was a manoeuvre. Because yeah. that was four position, etc. But yeah, this Level was pegging. a definite yeah. pace advantage. Yeah, exactly. So um, Russell's on an alternative strategy to Hamilton where he seems to stay longer out. Is that correct? Yeah, it seems like Russell dictated this because basically everyone else had pitted before Russell had. And he comes on the radio and he's basically like, I guess we've been undercut. Oh, no, sorry, that was Science said that. Yeah, that but, was Science. Um, Russell did say, consider plan B, I think it was. Yes. He seemed to be pushing for the one stop. Well, at that point, he's just trying to get any result that's better than anything else. Exactly. You know, he's just rolling the dice. So, I mean, fair um, play. And the other argument for that was is that he then had track position and if a safety car had come out at some point in the race, he could then mm. have... Uh, got fresh tyres, kept that position. So it was worth trying. It was worth trying. So it meant he's further up and everyone overtakes him who has already pitted mm -hmm. for a bit. So there were a bit non-events and then uh, just puts him out of sync and uh, Mercedes join again later on in the race. And something uh, similar is the, the McLarens. Uh, Piastri somehow got ahead of Norris. Was that, uh, did he pit first or... Um, he pitted as the VSC was ah, called. An advantage from a shorter on. pit stop, or um, relative speaking. He was in the pits at the time, so he didn't make much advantage, but he gave him a couple of seconds, and then Norris also got held up with Perez in the virtual safety car. Ah, that was weird, that, because Perez is driving, he's driving very, very slowly. And yes, Norris on, as he was retiring. Yeah, Norris on the radio going, has he got a problem? Can I get past him? And then didn't mm -hmm. Perez sort of run wide at Spoon, and Norris is off the track, and this was all in the VSC? Oh, very strange. Yeah, it was just it wasn't clear, but I think if you are retiring your car, maybe you should make things more obvious. I know he was on the inside off the racing line, but maybe drive around the outside of Spoon off, you know, make it clear. That if you watch, if you watch the um, full on board of that, uh, Norris is stuck behind him, and he's on the racing line all the way through Degner, all through mm. the hairpin, and then up to Spoon. And he's, ah, see, I and he's, seen that. Yeah, and he's driving very slow. Actually, and I've answered my own question. I think that's probably how Piastri got it because Norris loses a quarter of a lap there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he even was allowed to get past him down the straight, but he's, he's lost a lot of time. Yeah, I believe it was 10 seconds in total that he lost. Yeah. Obviously, they're driving slower under the VSC, but Paris is going slower than that even. Mm -hmm. So, um, ah, okay. So then uh, the McLaren team decide to let Norris buy. And I think that it's correct that Norris is quicker, but they're not ever going to catch Verstappen. So part of me thought, can we just have a battle? Thanks. 
Yeah, I think it was um, a defensive move as well because I think at yes, that point wasn't Leclerc was. closing in on both of them. Yeah, Norris makes a point of something uh, about Russell, but that's not really prevalent. Because, uh, yes. But, I mean, he doesn't know what's fully going on in the race. He's just focusing on his own little world. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I suppose it could be a defensive move. Yeah, that's right. I just wanted to see a little... I mean, they did look to fight it for a lap and then eventually the moaning continued and he was let through. Yeah. I mean, it's good to see that the... There is some battling going on there, but yeah. Norris was faster, and this is still where Norris is better than Piastri for me. Is his general race pace at most events? I agree. And Piastri has equal, if not sometimes better, qualifying speed, but it's just experience. He's he's only had half a season of F one. Yeah, you forget that sometimes. <laughs> mm. Two podiums on the bounce, isn't it? Oh no, exactly, no yeah. this was a debut podium, was it? Uh, apologies, but. Um, you forget where he's qualifying up near the front on the bounce uh, mm-hmm. and putting in these great performances and regularly getting points. You know, you don't even have to think about, oh, will he get points? He's a, he's a podium contender now. I've jumped ahead, but congrats, Piastri, for your first podium. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something that Nico Huckenberg has never been able to manage, for example. <laughs> which I'm sure great. And him. sadly, probably never will. Well, not with the Haas at the minute, you know. Although yeah. there next year. Um so then there's all sorts of pitting going on and there's just a lot there is uh, there are overtakes but they're all just not true overtakes I don't think for, for position yeah. science drops back because of the pit strategy a bit of a uh, a blunder there I thought from uh, Ferrari Perez rejoins just to clear a five second penalty so he didn't have that for the next race I sort of applaud Red Bull for thinking outside the box that that's good but this should not be something that they can do yeah exactly um, fair enough if you want to rejoin I know they've done it it's something that, that used to happen a lot more a lot longer ago mm. uh, when cars were much more frail experimental shall we say yeah. they want to test things out um, ah, right, so I don't see a problem in him coming back on to test something in the car or to do something else but to put him out for one lap just so as well two laps as it would be I think so as yeah. he can pit and do his penalty is a bit oh, it's lame. bad but it's in the rules which yeah you've got well to push the rules you've got to push the rules but that needs to be changed Mm-hmm. Uh, although I'm not sure, it's a tricky one I don't know how, how. Um, so because of the pit order again like Russell's up there but he's not really up there because everyone behind has got seemingly better rubber so Piastri and Leclerc both do nice moves around the outside of turn one takes guts, determination and skill so fair play mm-hmm. but also it's not on a level playing field I don't think no I thought Leclerc's was um, of a better standard mm. because he wasn't ahead through turn one so he had to hold it out through turn two but they say that he had the tyre advantage to do so but it was good from both of them so then the final final point is the battle between uh, Russell Hamilton and Sainz uh, Russell's ahead of Hamilton ahead of Sainz and they're, they're trying to do the DRS thing that Sainz did and Sainz on the radio is like they're trying to use my own trick against me <laughs> which I thought was quite clever it's a, a tricky one that because I think Russell and Lewis were both right in some regards. If Russell stays ahead, he can tow Lewis along and Science probably won't be able to get past, but that's probably. doesn't mean he won't. Um, and then he can let him pass on the last lap. And that's the only way that Russell is going to hold ahead of Science. But then you're making Lewis a target for Science, and then if Science gets past Lewis, he's just going to overtake Russell anyway. So, yeah, I don't really know what the best play was there. Yeah, it, ultimately what happened is uh, Science got past Russell. 
So the team lost a position there. And yeah. We'll never know if it would if they, both Mercedes would stay ahead of the Ferrari if they didn't switch. I yeah, suppose they're I think trying something, but where the call was wrong is once Lewis got past, they then told him to keep in DRS range of Russell, and Russell's tyres were so poor at that point that Science was always going to get past him, so they yeah. should have just let Lewis go to build a gap mm. because he was then under threat for the rest of the race. Yeah, it was, and Science finished uh, less than a second behind him across the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were jeopardising a fifth place finish there. Not exactly yeah. for the podium, but it's all important against Ferrari. I think they are they relatively close in the constructor standings. Yes, I mean after this race, they're um, what's it twenty points between them. Yeah, so that was pivotal battle. And if it was that for the win, oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, uh, but it seems that these sort of flatter, smoother, or well, actually, Suzuka isn't really that flat or smooth, but it it has a lot of high speed corners <laughs> one after the other. And that really suits yes. the Red Bull in Verstappen's hands, and seemingly the McLaren. Um, yes. I suspect LaSalle Qatar will, will be very similar in that respect. Um, uh, yes, and McLaren so, do expect to go well there. Yeah, so uh, it could be that uh, this Ferrari Mercedes battle is going to be for this mid top 10 positions, and every point counts at this moment in time. Uh, there is also a final bit of teammate messing around and team orders with the Alpines on the last lap, or oh, the penultimate lap as well. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I don't think I did, actually, no. Right, so um, Gasly is ahead of Ocon, and he's ordered to let Ocon by, and he's like, why? And they're like, just do it. And he's like, yeah, but I'm ahead, all race. I've, I've got this. Uh, you can't get anyone. Are you serious? Are you actually serious? So he doesn't do it. And then eventually they're huh. like, no, no, you've got to do it. And so coming out of the last curve just before the line, he basically stops, and Ocon goes through. <laughs> So, um, yeah, no, I, I didn't see that. God, all. goodness only knows why that was. Uh, maybe it was some sort of deal early on that Ocon maybe helped him out. Um, so, anyway, Ocon finished ninth and Gasly yeah. They both got points, but it seems academic to switch them around. And I, I'm with Gasly. I, I stand by Gasly. Uh, I'm, an, I'm, I'm with his frustration. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. I mean, even with. Um, if you're looking at the Drivers' Championship, which teams generally don't for lower positions. Mm-hmm. Gasly is now one point behind Stroll, and Ocon is a further eight points behind. So yeah, very strange. It's, n- it's not like they're trying to get him higher in the driver championship. So I don't Th- understand. It. There must be some other context that we're missing there, or, or otherwise mm-hmm. it's just a bit daft. Um, and just outside the points is Lawson, but he's you know up there, um, and he beats Sonoda in the end. And then oof, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to Hulkenberg, but off the pace. Uh, I don't know. Well, the Hasses in general. Yeah, I mean, I can look at Magnussen and know, and know that he was turned around. Well, yeah, that's very true. But not ideal for Hulkenberg there. To be beaten by Joe. So, driver standings, uh, yeah, we all kind of know it. The fight is really for... Yeah, second is up for grabs. Alonso seems to be fading fast. Yeah, I can't see him doing any more than trying to hold on to that position of fourth ahead of the Ferraris. Just because the Aston Martin has not developed well, and there's no point in them trying to develop it at this point of the season. Everything's going to be for next year. Yeah, um, Sainz is within a shot. Leclerc probably, but Alonso's only hope there is the two Ferraris sort of trip each other up, which is a distinct possibility. Uh, yes. And I feel like Hamilton's kind of gone. I'm not saying they're massively quicker than Aston Martin, but you would put them at least always ahead of them on in the finishing positions, so that's. I just don't see that reversing. Um mm. 
and obviously Red Bull has won the constructors, whereas Mercedes and Ferrari. I mean, technically Aston Martin, but it's Mercedes and Ferrari are fighting for second in that lucrative yeah. position. For me, it's Ferrari or Mercedes for second place, and mm. then it's a fight between McLaren if they can catch up to Aston Martin before the end of the season. I agree with you there, and if they have another double podium at the next race, it's on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and when um, you think where they came from at the start of the year, it's probably one of the best, biggest turnarounds I've ever seen in Formula One. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's staggering. I think we've had two this year, really. The turnaround of Aston Martin over the uh, the preseason. Yeah, but that's over to, that's to over the winter. Yeah, and with you, that's and amazing. McLaren. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but mid a mid season swing like that, you don't normally see. No, not to that extent where they overtook. Four teams, maybe. Yeah, right. The best. I would have said Alpine as well. Oh yeah, um, Alpine, one of my big biggest disappointments of this year as well. Just not, mm. not there. Uh, so, anything else on the Japanese Grand Prix? Uh, no, I, th- I think that covered it. Really, there wasn't a lot else to it. It was quite. It was weird because there was a lot of overtaking, but it wasn't exciting. Yes, I'm with you there. A lot of skillful driving, a lot of overtakes, but I just wasn't. People can maybe already tell that I just wasn't that enthused because I knew it was all mm-hmm. for people on different strategies and different tire, tire life um, yeah. it's not like someone oh, they pitted at a similar time but someone was able to save the tyre better and then fight through it was just nope they pitted later they pitted earlier that car's quicker that car's slower okay so on to LaSalle which I don't like on the 6th of October <laughs> watch it deliver an amazing race but flat track all the corners look the same ugh <laughs> yeah right oh it's at night what do you do uh, you run off wide, off the line. It's it's sandy and gritty, so no one can do any sort of spectacular moves. Mm. Um, and yeah, the the point about each like the f- the first half of the lap, if you if you're not looking closely, you could mistake one corner for the same corner. Yeah. It's it's almost like repeated. It's not it's not, but it's very similar. Like there's a section that's uh, almost a mirror image, and. Yay, money. But they might be building a new track in that location, so... Oh, yes, they are supposed to be, aren't they? Yeah, let's hope that is the case. <laughs> I'm just not a fan no, of No, I'm with you on that. Right. Well, thank you, Nick, for yabbering on about Mudspot for far too long. <laughs> Ap- apologies for going on... This is like a record-length episode, and I need to edit it when I don't really know what I'm doing. So, for those wondering, Colin will be back next time on the Final Corner podcast, where we'll discuss... Maybe uh, the next Grand Prix, and I don't know when the British Touring Car Finale is. That is preparedness, that is. Yes. But we'll cover both of those. Obviously, for us, I think the main one now is the British Touring Car Finale, even though it seems a bit of a foregone conclusion. There's still stuff up to grab, up for grabs, and it mm-hmm. always... Alan Gal throws a span in the works. Oh, yeah. Quite literally, sometimes. Yes. So, looking forward to that, and we'll see you in the next one. Do you want to say thanks and bye? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that in. <laughs> uh, goodbye. <laughs>